1: It's a great day today on That's So Retrograde, Elizabeth. It is. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Oh, I forgot this was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Okay. Is this a job that we have? I'm not <laughs> sure. It's okay. We get to choose. It's right. That's Welcome, right. everybody, to That's So Retrograde. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Hello, I'm Stephanie Sambari. Thanks for tuning
0: in once again. We are diving into a topic today that I think is long overdue and has been a curiosity in our hearts and souls, as with most of the show,
1: I would say it's something that's often not framed in wellness, but it should be because financial wellness mm. is extremely important and likely creates more stress than any other aspect of our lives because we simply don't fucking understand it. So true. Sorry to come in hot like that, but it's a real thing. Hey, it's one of those things that I think that in our like wellness practices, we tend to just like push to the side. Yeah, because it feels like insurmountable insurmountable or
0: from you. if we're, you know, coming at it from like a more esoteric, it's like money's just energy and we don't need right. to worry about it. But it's like we actually do. Right. It's actually something that deserves our attention that in like the traditional school system that I'm familiar with, we're not programmed to learn how to handle our money and what the government expects from us. And all of the systems in place are not presented to us in our formative ages. So we are left figuring it out. Maybe once we have it or once we don't have it. Yeah,
1: like my financial knowledge pretty much stops at putting dollar bills in my underwear drawer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But like, save your money. I'm like, does it mean just like put it all in a drawer? Like, I'm not really sure what that means. And it's one of those things where as you get older and you're like, you acquire debt or you want to save, you're kind of just like, oh, I'll figure that out. And then you're like in your 30s and you're like... Weird, I never figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you actually want to buy a house and do stuff, and you're just fucked. So, so today we have Mana Financial, Christina Livadari, and
0: Stephanie Bucko, who are sitting right here is that with us. How you us. pronounce your
1: last name? Sure. Is. Okay. Perfect.
0: Thank you guys so much for being here. And this was such a divinely guided conversation. I want to tell the story, Christina, of how we connected with you because it just was one of those perfectly that's so retrograde connections. We were in New York City staying at Stephanie's cousin's house. Hi, Brady. She'll get to this episode in two to three years. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, We were both staying at her place and we were supposed to go to a second location because you guys, you and your husband were coming to stay. And we, Steph and I were like, oh, we don't want to leave. We want to stay in this cozy apartment. We never (laughs) want to leave Brady's apartment. (laughs) It's perfect. Yeah, it's literally perfect. And so Steph asked you guys if you didn't mind if we bunked with you. (laughs) I was like, so
1: what'd you guys think if we just didn't leave?
0: (laughs) And you were so sweet and kind in letting us stay there. And then we got to talking and learned about what you do for a living, mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing. So please explain to us what MANA is and... And what money is. And yeah, that too. Yes, we
2: can <laughs> Stephanie and I are CEO and Chief Investment Officer, CIO of MANA Financial Life Design. But really, Stephanie and my Joint mission in life is to empower people around their money Hmm. because for too long, money has been a taboo subject that as children we're taught not to talk about in public or to speak to anyone else outside of our families. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a lot of our families don't talk about it to their children. Well, yeah. So for us, it's about breaking down those barriers because the more that we speak about money to our friends, our family, and to each other, the more we can empower ourselves and learn and actually conquer the fears.
1: But you guys are, yes, you're talking about it. And you, and I love that as a mission statement, but what you're actually doing is empowering people to take control of their own finances. That's correct. Right. For really sure. Yeah. And how how <laughs> It's tell me everything you know in 1 second. <laughs> yeah,
3: I think it starts by setting an intention to actually want to dig into this because it is something that people feel really uncomfortable talking about. Right. And so, you know, we we talk about it with each other constantly with our significant others, with our friends cuz we're really comfortable, but we always haven't been. So it's not been that case forever, but we've found so much success in even just talking about it, that that kind of opens the door to being able to start making changes. Right. I
0: want
2: to go back. Why do you
0: think there is this kind of like, it almost feels like ancestral blocks around money for people?
2: It's certainly a generational. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's something that's passed on. So we talk about this concept of a money story. And so money story is really the collection of narratives that you hold about money. And most of the time, that narrative begins in childhood. Mm -hmm. And it's absorbed either consciously or unconsciously when you get these messages around money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for myself, it was around my parents slamming doors and yelling at each other, and the only word I heard was money. Mm. So I instantly... You're like, well, that's the source of the problem. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, When you start thinking about it. Yeah. Um, But there are other stories where you have... um, Generational wealth, and you know, you have parents that tell their kids not to talk about money with other people, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, th- the, this money story is something that can heavily weigh on you
1: because it's um, not always like that you don't have any. Like, I see correct. some people that I find as an observer to be the most paralyzed are people who grew up with money, and then that creates a problem where they don't even really know where to look to work hard for it or they have a lot of shame around it and exactly because if that's not the thing that you're like going towards like what it's very interesting when they don't
3: know to trust in that scenario because a lot of times people with wealth uh, get brought up with the idea that they really shouldn't talk about money with anybody except for the immediate family right and then when there's some dynamics within the family you start to realize that okay you're Listening to these dynamics, and that's really impressing upon you. And then you're not allowed to talk about it with anybody outside of the family. So you just kind of keep it inside.
1: It's like weird shame. Yeah. Yeah. We all have like some sort of shame story with money, don't you think?
2: It's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to frame it. Shame is one thing. Yeah. Guilt is another thing. Right. Confusion happens a lot to everyone. And then when you are 20 years old or 30 years old, you have student loan debts, you have credit cards. Or on the opposite spectrum, you have a lot of money and you don't know in which direction you should be headed. Yeah. These stories will pop up and will cause a lot of roadblocks. It can be paralyzing.
3: Absolutely. If you don't have the confidence because you haven't ever built sort of an idea of what you should be doing, then you can't really move forward because you just feel stuck.
1: What do you feel like are like some critical things that we miss along the way
3: to where we could start creating that structure like early on? Oh, gosh. I mean, the education system is probably a good starting point. Yeah. I think about all of the math courses that we take in you know, high school specifically, but even just going back to middle school or even elementary school, I mean, there's a ton of lessons that you can teach kids about money and just to develop a healthy relationship with it. Like the importance of saving. I think that's something that so many people don't actually learn whenever they're young. And so whenever it comes to saving and to giving, it's not part of that normal process. So, you know, for example, Mm. we, we always think about like If a parent is giving kids money for good grades, then the kid is like, okay, I'm working hard and getting these grades. I'm getting money. But then there's no lesson on how to actually use the money. And mm. so they think, okay, I work hard. I get this money. But now it's mine and I get to spend it because I deserve it. Right. So there's a lot of mixed messages that come through. Oh my God, even just through. as a
1: little kid, you yeah. Know, oh, fuck. <laughs> I remember in elementary
0: school, we had a, a fake bank that we got to run and I applied to be the president. I got vice president. A boy got president, but whatever. That's mm. a totally other conversation. But wow. that was like our so first. 90s. I know. That was like our first structure of like learning how to save. And then we had other kids in the class who were like tellers and we would like play bank. That was just... That's kind of cool. It was
3: cool, but... That sounds fun. I'd like to play big. It was fun. <laughs> and what were some of the lessons that they were teaching you there? That girls, that girls can't, can't a be a president. Yeah. <laughs> that one hit help. That was, yeah. that was the takeaway there. That's all or, she learned. <laughs> she's still pissed. Or, I
0: mean, I'm sorry. It was, it was assistant manager and manager. Mm, wow. I bet you were getting paid half, too. Yeah. From that fake bank. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, that, I, that, I was just thinking back to, like, the first kind of... In, within school, how they taught us. And that, it pretty much stopped there.
3: Yeah. So there are only
2: six states in the United States that mandate financial literacy in school.
1: Financial literacy. I've never even heard that before.
2: Wow. So financial literacy, we actually build financial confidence mm-hmm. because there's actually a lot of studies that have shown that financial confidence is actually more essential to your success than financial literacy. So
0: explain like the definition yeah. of financial confidence. Yeah.
2: Financial confidence to me just means. The ability to know that you can understand concepts, right? So it's not even the concepts themselves, but it's the confidence that a woman like you can tackle, (laughs) can tackle, these, let's say, the, these like the decisions problems. that come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It's having the ability to make those decisions and feel confident in doing so. Right. Because and if finding
2: you, the right help to do it.
3: Yeah. If you feel stuck, you're never going to start to move forward. And then if you're questioning your decisions, again, you can't move forward. So. And,
1: like, as with anything in life, like, if you decide that you don't know how to do it or that you don't have the intelligence or the skills to figure it out, then it takes away your power and then— mm-hmm then you're just kind of in a place where either you're waiting for somebody else to figure it out or you're passively like letting it happen to you, which is I feel from from my point of view, like that's how I am with money, where I'm just like, it comes, it goes. I don't know, like I'm very not in the driver's seat all the time. I think that's a great
3: point. Yeah. I think you start to regret some decisions that you made instead of looking forward. And yeah, that's a big part about the way we think about things is, Most people are living their day-to-day, and it's that day-to-day, month-to-month, and it's so reactive because you can only handle the, you know, the month ahead. But whenever you start taking a moment and saying, okay, well, what if I look three months out? Mm -hmm. Or what if I look six months out? And if you can start to have more of a forward look in terms of your finances, your financial confidence will come because you're actually being proactive. It's funny, though, even hearing you say that, I'm like, that gets me excited.
2: Oh, no, and but why? I, why does it give you? Anxiety? I
3: don't know. That's yeah, what let's I'm unpack saying. This. I'm like,
1: that's interesting because it feels like it's so far away. And this is just happening in the moment where it's like, then if I'm thinking six months ahead, then I need to be something about this moment will like have a disconnect. Mm. Where mm. I feel like I'm going to have to take away something from right now or like I'm not going to be able to get there. I don't know what this is. I've never even thought about this before. But it's interesting how even that I'm like six months from now. Well, fuck, I've, like, i have like I can conceptualize it in like a dream way. Mm. But in the reality of like that means putting this much away every month. I'm like, well, no.
3: Well, even thinking a month a month <laughs> you know, ahead, yeah. I mean, it you know, sometimes six months is too hard. Yeah. And and so if you are a day-to-day person, then one month out is a good place to right. start. To start and then to get comfortable with.
2: But I'd argue that if you don't know where you're headed, not only financially, but just in life, yeah. Then how are you gonna get there? Right. Right. Well, it doesn't scare me in any other way. Mm. So this is the work that we're gonna do together. Yeah. <laughs> I love that.
1: Okay, we have to take a time out from this conscious financial conversation to talk about another conscious experience, and that is that of the sustainable footwear brand, Rothy's, whom we love. We love. They're stylish, as you said, sustainable, most importantly, comfortable, and most enjoyably washable. If you guys are not familiar with Rothy's, they make beautiful shoes for women and children out of recycled plastic water bottles. They are so comfortable, and they are fully machine washable, really hitting all the notes truly and they've
0: got amazing styles that are also comfy cozy sneakers loafers
1: points and more for women and children i saw someone the other day in a store that had matching rothies with her daughter they both had this sneaker in a leopard print and it was so i love precious. the leopard print Ugh. and i love
0: a matching child with a mother that is the cuteness i have to say I'm looking at the website. I always check it on Rothy's.com because they're always releasing new styles and colors, which is just fun to keep track of. Mm-hmm. But they have this Merino collection mm-hmm. that is V-chic. And I have to say, I really missed the boat because they're sold out of the one I want in my size. Actually, if you're a 12 and a half, have at it
1: because that's the only one they Maybe have you left. you can get a 12 and a half, just one of them and cut it in half. Maybe. And put on both your tiny little feet. So
0: the camel in the pointy, I love a nude shoe and it looks... Like perfection.
1: This is such a fun fact. They have diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills, which is so amazing. I just feel like, guys, if you're wondering what you should get, your mom or your friend or your aunt or your boss or yourself or yourself for Christmas and do something nice for the planet or Hanukkah or Ramadan or Thanksgiving or Fridays. Anything you want or need, go to Rothys.com/slash retrograde. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash retrograde. And you will get your new fave shoes that make you feel good about your choices just in time for the holiday season. That's rothys.com slash retrograde. Now back to the show.
2: You know, so Stephanie is a chartered financial analyst, a CFA and a CPA. I'm a certified financial planner as well as a registered life planner. And for me, I worked so hard and made a lot of money in my 20s, but I spent a great deal of it. I paid off my student loans, I bought a house, and then all of a sudden I was left to ask at the age of 30, which is insane for a career in finance, Yeah, saying, what's what's next? What, what do I do now? And I just realized that, to me, the financial advice industry is broken because it doesn't take into account this aspect of financial wellness. Mm-hmm. So many people are so scared to talk about money that they just push it off or— give it to someone else to take care of.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that to me creates a whole lot of societal problems. Yeah, And so we've structured our intake process to really start from the beginning about understanding where your money beliefs are held and how that might be preventing you from achieving the best version of your life mm. that you're excited to live today, not in retirement. We've found that asking these questions, you uncover a lot about people. And one of the feelings that's really pronounced is this idea of regret. Mm. And so we want to minimize regret in every aspect of life. Because people feel like they did it wrong. They're like, took a wrong turn at some point and it, they are stuck no in it. going back. Exactly. You know, they're stuck yeah. in a job that, that they're going to hate, but they feel like they need to be in it because they need to make just that much more. Mm-hmm. And also, they don't know how much is required to live the life they want to live.
1: Also, something that I find to be hard to admit with money is is how much it costs to be me. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's expensive to it's live expensive my to life. Be <laughs> 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 like yes, but that is something that even just admitting that over the last few years has even just been like a kernel of self-empowerment of like okay, You're judging how much that is, but that's just the reality. So your judgment on it isn't helping you maximize that and get more than that. Sure. And that number
3: is different for every single person. And that's something that I think traditional financial advisors don't really get. They'll basically ask you— hey, how much money do you spend in a year? Right, like, in a how year. The, how the hell do you know? Like, yeah. right? Like More than I have. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, what is that number? And yeah. so, you know, getting really clear, just thinking back to the intake process, it's like, we want to get really clear on what is that ideal life for you? And what does that cost? And mm-hmm. then we can start to figure out the other pieces of the puzzle.
1: Right. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is, what you guys are doing is so important, truly, like, because underneath everyone's, choices is a financial tie, hmm. even when it comes to what you're talking about, which is like most people are in a job that they don't want to be in, but it's yeah. because they're afraid yeah, because of money. Yeah. So are you helping people also like reach new goals to be able to transition and shift their lives to accommodate what they actually want in their heart? Absolutely. We're going to get there yeah. in the process. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. But that's one of the first meetings we take you through is a dedicated hour and a half. Mm-hmm. That's all about understanding what brings you Freedom. These moments of freedom are the most important and not just in the future, but right now. Yeah. And so, how do we prioritize those? Yeah. And let everything else fall by the wayside? So, though it is really expensive to be you, do it again. We also, it's expensive
0: to be me. <laughs> <Nailed> it.
2: <laughs> it's actually a button. Singing. But when we figure that out, that's how we can structure a mindful spending plan around mm, that. Right. Okay. And if you have these big dreams, one of the greatest gifts we can give people is to tell them that they can retire 10 years earlier than they've expected. I mean, how awesome yeah. is that? Yeah. And we've done that a few times with our clients. I mean, it's just it's the greatest gift. So we ask all of our prospects about what their attitude around money is and has that changed over time. I love that one. Later on, we'll also ask you about what were the first messages that you heard about money in your childhood. And what's funny is that we actually do this in group settings as well. We just spent a week in San Francisco doing corporate financial wellness workshops, mm. which is our new fave thing to do. <laughs> love it. uh, but it's a big group of typically women who are willing to share their stories. Right. And we put them up in partners and have them listen to each other's financial stories. Is it predominantly like dark tales of fear? It actually isn't. Really?
1: Really? Yeah, Yeah, it really ranges. No, I'm I'm happy to hear that because when you said, what is your earliest memory of money in my head, I'm like people probably have so many fucked up memories of that.
3: And look, there are absolutely dark memories. And those are good for us to know. Yeah. But it's really, you know, people have good and bad memories. But you can actually have good and bad lessons from good and bad memories. Some of the
1: best lessons are from the worst experiences.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. We are bringing consciousness into our lives. And we want to bring consciousness into every area. Because I think it's so, like, you can't seek out a conscious life and then put, like, money at the back end. Like, this needs to be just as important as our personal care, as the care we put in our relationships, like I think it's time to bring it to the forefront. Absolutely. Yes. What's like the first few steps? Like, because it
2: does seem, as you said, insurmountable at times. Sure. Yeah. So let's, the way to start is to start by looking back. Okay. And really exploring this money story. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we ask people to think of like their three earliest memories around money. And we actually have them draw it. Cute. So we want to incorporate all the different ways that you really take all of this information in. Mm -hmm. And so draw it in as much detail as possible. Okay. Next to that, you want to assign each one of those drawings a feeling or emotion that resulted from that memory. Mm -hmm. Could be positive, could be negative, could be neutral, could be confusing. But really a feeling or emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's really you know, Stephanie, we were talking about how you have that ability to have those dark memories and light can come out of it. Mm-hmm. And so the next step to that examination is to, if it is a negative feeling or emotion, what is a positive lesson that you could have derived from that? Mm-hmm. And so really write it out. We actually have workbooks that we work with on, with our clients in, in workshops, but you can do this on a piece of paper. And so how do you rewrite that story? Right. And so that would be the first step.
3: Yeah. And then on a kind of practical stance, one thing that I feel like gets really confusing with money and why it can be overwhelming is because it is complicated. If your bank structure is complicated, you're never going to want to sit down and deal with it. So So, true. Like Mm -hmm. have one checking account, have one savings account, you know, have one credit card. You don't need 8,000 of these things. Right. And so if you're spending money in a lot of different places, it's so hard to keep track of. Like, How do you keep track of all these due dates? That's just impossible. So try and simplify that. If you have more than one credit card, get the due date on the same date every single month. Call up the credit card company and ask for that because mm-hmm. the more simple you can make these like every month tasks— the more you're going to want to actually deal with it because that's just fact, right? Yeah.
1: I would say something that I wish I was taught is what a credit card actually is. Yeah. Hmm. I know that sounds dumb. No, it's not dumb. Not dumb at all. It theoretically makes a lot of sense, but then you get into like the interest and all that stuff, and how much you're actually like spending by having a credit card. Absolutely, was never explained. Well, and we've like you mean I can get a TV and not pay anything right now? (laughs) It's (laughs) scary to me being like so much debt from this like twenty one inch bullshit TV (laughs) that I bought at Best Buy ten years ago. But you know what I mean? Because no one was like, it's twenty five percent interest. Like you're gonna
2: owe. Yeah. What even is that? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, in credit cards, too, there's this weird thing that Christina and I both think that we've heard in the past, but that you should keep some balance on your credit card. And the fact is you should not. You should pay off your credit oh, yeah, card. Every yeah, I've heard that. Every, yeah, I don't know where it came from because I've also heard it. But now we've seen it in a couple examples where it's like, oh, I'm just keeping like $1,000 on the credit card as a rolling balance. But why? You, you never want to do that. That pay that off Every single month, interest is never worth it. That's that's definitely something. So, people what should is know. the
1: benefit of having a credit card?
2: Well, <laughs> not just to have carry credit? cash. Absolutely. Yeah, but you can have a debit card. It adds to your credit score, right? Okay. So your credit score, or it and, takes away from it, or if you're not good at managing <laughs> it. So, yeah. so we always say if you have proven to have problems around credit cards, we ask our clients and we advise people to stop using credit cards for a period of time. Right. So you want to get to a point where you're not spending more than you make each Mm. month. Right. right? Credit cards, however, you know, if you go to, you know, the points guy or any of those points maximizing sites, credit cards have a huge benefit. Like nerd wallet? Nerd wallet. Yeah. You know, if you actually know how to use them, you can get free trips. Right. Free travel, all of that stuff. Right. So, What's required, though, is to actually be able to manage that debt. Right. And so we want to ensure, to be good at credit, that you pay off your at least your statement balance every single month. Okay. Okay. So statement balance is the amount that you will be charged interest on. Okay. Then you'll also see a current balance. Current balance is how much is actually on your credit card at this given moment. Uh-huh. Really important to pay at least the
3: statement balance off. Every single month. Got it. Okay. Your credit score is so important because if you ever want to buy a house or ever want to start a business and need a business loan, banks are going to look at your credit score and say, okay, what type of risk is this person? And if you're a lower risk or have a higher score, your interest rates will be way lower. Mm -hmm. And on something like a mortgage that could be 30 years' time— That really adds up. So it can save you money.
2: What's the deal with the lore that every time you check your credit score, it goes down? Hmm. So that is a bit of a myth. Okay. And so there are two different kinds of ways to check. There's a hard credit check. So when you do apply for a loan, and let's say you're trying to buy a car and your car dealer is going to check your credit. They go deep. That's a hard credit inquiry. That fucked me up. Did they? Yeah, because I had... Well, now I don't because I paid two of them off, but
1: I had, like, outstanding balances on Uh, cards that had been, like, closed. Got it. Because I waited so long. See, I didn't understand any of this, so, like, I just waited, and then they were like, okay, well, now your balance is, like, $2,000, and that exceeds what was supposed to be given because the interest made the balance go up. So now we're shutting Uh, the card down because if you go over, then they're like, who the fuck are you? And I'm like, you're like, just a poor person. But when they go deep into your credit history, all that shit is like, the last payment you made was December 2017. I was like, ooh. So if an institution checks yeah. your credit,
2: that's a hard credit inquiry. And then yeah. that brings it down. That will affect your score for a few months okay. for sure. But not you by can, a lot. It's not by a lot, but it will. But I mean why? If you have because you're actually applying for more credit. And yeah. It's <laughs> See, there we go. That
0: and then that's why I think people are like, huh? And they shut their laptop and so they're our, like,
2: So our tip there <laughs> is you should only apply for credit like once every few months, right? Sure. So the other way that you can check your credit, and this is a super easy way, not a paid promotion, go on to Credit Karma. That's what I do. Right? Yeah. Like Credit That's Karma, great. sign up. They'll give you notices every single month. Yeah. And it's directionally correct. It's not super precise, but it's directionally correct it goes, where your credit is. increasing scores. or decreasing. I also correct. was able
0: yeah. to catch that someone had opened a Target card in my name through that. Awesome. So it's awesome. like a good way of, you know. Monitoring. That's right. I'm sure.
2: So while you're credit monitoring, that will not hurt your credit score. Right. Okay.
0: Good to know. That is yeah. good to know. What about some other things?
2: So the other thing I wanted to talk about was to shift this mindset about money being a painful, scary thing. Let's think about how money can actually bring us joy. Mm. So along the lines of, you know, your credit card, print out your credit card statement before you pay Next month, okay, and print it out on a piece of paper. I know this is a novel idea. <laughs> Take a highlighter and look at every single transaction that you use to actually benefit your life, and highlight the transactions that brought you joy.
0: Mm. And so, very this is Marie a me- Kondo.
2: It is. So th- <laughs> this is a meditation on how money can bring joy into your life. Mm. And then, really, when you look at that piece of paper and you notice, hey, there's. 10, 20 line items that I did not highlight. What can you do in your life today to either offload that and not spend money on that or to transform it into something that can bring you joy? I love that so much. We call it joy based spending.
1: Ooh, I love that. Wow. I'm now like, what wouldn't bring me joy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like, but like, and I think, so I instantly think of like metered parking. Right. Sure. And like those little things, those little charges that creep up that I feel like they're flatlined, but necessary. Sure. Carry quarters.
3: We think about the necessary expenses that you have every month, and that includes your transportation to and from work. Mm -hmm. So something like metered parking would be included in there and groceries because you need to eat. That should be 60% of your take-home pay. So whatever you get in your bank from your work, you should only spend 60% on your house and your car and your, any kind of transportation, medical, insurance, and groceries. That number should be no more than 60% because what we've seen is that if that number is above 60%, it's really hard to make changes and to start saving. Well, then, so in, okay. especially in cities like L.A., Seattle, San Francisco, and New York, you're going to really bump up
2: to that 60% of your take-home pay number. Yeah.
1: And then what's the other 40%?
2: Thanks for asking, Stephanie. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so what we want to do is we really focus on investing and saving. Because really, that's how the big gains are made, right? If you just spend every dollar that you make every month, there won't be gains made, even in the short term, even in the one to two year time frame, you won't be able to take that awesome vacation that you're looking for, right. or or really buy a house in LA, like literally impossible. Right. So what you want to do is focus on saving and investing i I'm looking marry into for
1: generational wealth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, Good sorry. aspiration. I got you yeah. off. <laughs> I got you off. So you want to prioritize saving and investing. Yeah. So if you work at a, at a corporate job and you have a W-2 salary, you're probably investing in your 401k already. Okay. So that's something to take into account. But really, you should be saving and investing 10 to 15% in addition to that mm-hmm. towards the future so it could be towards an emergency fund right? right like in the very beginning as you're building right that's having what I an feel emergency like my savings fund. is and that's a great place to do it in the very beginning yeah. and then once you've really started identifying those long-term goals which we will be doing with yeah. you then we're going to start saving to that because how exciting is that right mm-hmm. you need to know what you're saving for right. instead of an ambiguous thing that I should be saving. Yeah. What should you be saving for? And then put also, a picture to it. Right. Because not knowing
1: separates you from doing it. That's right. It just feels like little oh, this weird burden. Yeah. Exactly.
2: That's how we got me when I was 32 years old. I was like, I'm going to start this company and I'm going to change financial advice forever. So it I needed to. Just gave to- me
0: like heart shivers <laughs> in the best way. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was spending all that I was making to that point, and so I needed to change my behavior and in order to do that. I had to create a vision of what this company was going to look like two years in the future. Yeah. And then I knew how much money I needed to be saving because I wasn't going to make a paycheck for a year and a half. Right. And so I had to come up with that number and really start saving in earnest towards
3: that. Mm -hmm. And set it up as an automatic transfer because— Yes. Saying that you'll do it every month, you won't. I mean, uh, you know, we work in finance, and I don't save if I don't do it automatically. So you have to set it up as an automatic transfer. Get it out of your checking account. It is not yours to spend. And then you have this nice remainder. And that nice remainder is what you get to spend on whatever you enjoy. And it's literally
2: whatever you enjoy it removes the guilt and the fear and the shame. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to be worried about buying an expensive pair of shoes because you know you've already saved and invested what you needed.
1: I got it. That's smart. I like that it's like it's an active choice that becomes passive. And then it's not this thing that's like weighing on you month to month. I think that's, that's right. part of the thing that makes us not do It's because it's like it feels like this— persistent, it's like an extra job or something. Without a doubt.
3: It can't feel like a job. I mean, we love it, right? We work in this industry, but most people do not. It's really boring and terrible. And, you know, you don't want to be thinking and talking about money all the time. But like, if you can set yourself up where you know, okay, look, my apartment and my food and my car, it's not actually over 60%. So I'm good. And then I know that I've already set up my automatic savings. Hey, then whatever you have left, that's awesome. And that's yours to get to do whatever you want.
1: Right. I've had moments where I'm like, okay, the only way to be good with money is if I check my balance every single day. I'm like a crazy person who sits next to like a ledger and writes it down. Like... That sounds really stressful, crazy. But like that, to me, it's like there's these extreme options. Absolutely, I I haven't been introduced to this methodology yet, so it feels like either it's like no control or like psycho control.
3: Yeah, and you have to strike a balance. I mean, I think everybody has a different degree of that. We check our our budgets every single week. That's like the way that we like to log in and say, hey, we get an email reminder, let's log in and just see how we're doing. And so that's good for us. Weekly seems normal. Right. Daily seems unwell. Yeah. And some people like to understand that at the start, but then you start getting used to the numbers and you're like, okay, actually I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. So this is probably okay. Mm -hmm.
0: One thing that I always have like had a really uh, cloudy experience with is receipts. And hmm. like how to track those. She and just like hands tiny, them to me. Tiny pieces of paper are my least favorite thing, like just in general. So the receipts truly fall under that category. And I have always relied on my Amex to track things for me. Yeah. Is that okay? Is that wrong? We have a friend who is audited and she keeps track of everything, paper form, sure. and has a full method around that. That to me seems... Like, I'm too far of not keeping the receipts, so I can't start doing that. Like, I just feel very, like, in my head and in my heart about it.
3: When it comes to the business you're referring to, right?
0: Personal and business.
3: So for personal, you don't really need to keep receipts. Your Amex or whatever credit card you use is totally sufficient for that. And it's the reason why you want to have one card instead of three or four. (laughs) Exactly. And for business, you do have to keep receipts. The IRS at some point will do audits. They do them randomly. So right. it's not like they're targeting you or anything like that. But they will want to know, like, okay, where did money come from? But to be honest, we weren't that great at tracking receipts when we first started the business, and we've just started to implement it. So there's a great software called QuickBooks. Again, not another paid promotion, right. but it's
2: an awesome thing where you can actually snap a photo. We of need your to do receipt. This. And email it to the software so it captures it and connects it to that transaction. I hate paper. Yeah. Yeah. So I put it, I take a photo and then I put it in the recycling.
3: Great. Yeah, it's just, it's such an immediate thing. And it's nice because the software actually does the work for you where it's like, oh, you spent $70. Oh, there's the $70 transaction. Let's link the two together.
0: I love technology Yeah, sometimes.
3: that's so great. It, it, that's remove great. all barriers yeah. to stress and anxiety. Yeah.
0: So we talked about how as young ones, youths, this information just is not available for us. And you guys do something very cool and dialed in for, I believe it's like 18 to 29-year-olds? We do. Okay, talk yeah. to us about that. Because that we, we got to talking about that in New York and I was like very impressed by this offering.
2: Well, thank you. So this is our passion project. So both Stephanie and I, in our 20s, Made all the same mistakes everyone's making in their, you know, 20s. Credit card debt, student loans, trying to figure it all out and not having a resource. So we spent an entire year creating an online course for it. And it's called Mana Money School. We haven't talked about what mana means yet. And I think that's oh, very yeah. important.
3: It's okay. very timely, too.
2: Yeah. So mana is an ancient Hawaiian word for power unrelated to wealth. Ooh. So in creating mana, we believe that everyone has the power to really make those decisions every single day and gain or lose mana in everything that they do.
3: Ooh, I Mm. love that. It's like
2: an intrinsic life force. Yeah. And so Mana Money School is four hours of content broken up in two to three-minute segments that's really tailored to the 18 to 29-year-old to understand everything that you were never taught in school about money.
3: We try to take some of the best aspects of what we do for our clients that we work one-on-one and distill them into something that people can understand, they can do by themselves. It's really for like a self-starter that that is totally open to online learning and really wants to get to know the topic without this like scary sort of, you know, boring type thing. Because uh, We integrate stories.
2: We, we integrate human stories. My husband is an award-winning documentary filmmaker, and so the best storyteller I know. He even made us fi- finance people better at storytelling. But it's really all about people's stories, and we share their fear about their student debt. And they share their confusion around the stories that
3: their parents told them around money. Mm-hmm. And right there, it breaks down the barriers. There's a lot of people out there that are struggling with this. So we tried to create... Uh, a video that really connected with people, and and Christina is on screen, and she is amazing. Um, <laughs> it's uh, we're really proud of what it's become. That's so beautiful yeah. and so important.
0: Can we be over twenty nine and and get into it? Totally. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? We are twenty nine. <laughs> and I'm really curious in the work you guys are doing because it is so important. It, it touches on so many different aspects of. People's lives. What kind of shifts do you see with the people you work with as a product of this
2: work? Oh, oh gosh, it's it beat. makes Stephanie cry. Stephanie, it, Stephanie like doesn't emo- emotion- yeah. time. I'm <laughs> not
3: an emotional person, and my clients just make me break down. It's I love like, that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I think with the life design meeting, shout out to my mentor George Kinder for teaching me this method. It's all about us listening, and by the end of the meeting, we understand. We understand, but more importantly, the client understands the shifts that need to be made. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, it's usually not about money. Sometimes it's about picking up the guitar again. Sometimes it's about spending quality time and turning off your phone so you could spend the weekend with your children. So really for us, we take the money and the numbers out of these discussions and the shifts happen there. It's almost as
0: if By you holding space for people to dig deep around these topics, then they're giving their self permission to hold space for themselves. Also beautiful. And that's, I mean, it just is such a block. It's just a real block. I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from just like the general tone that I get from anyone I've ever, you know, talked to about this. So it's so special, you guys. Thank you. Thank you you so, so much. Tell our listeners where they can find
2: you. So we are on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. No paper. (laughs) So Mana, M-A-N-A, F-L-D as in dog. We are Mana Financial Life Design. And then Mana Money School is the name of our online program. We are on Instagram for both of those accounts. Find us there.
0: And I just want to give it up to the universe for connecting us yes, all together. Yes.
1: And Brady. Yeah. <laughs> the Brady and the universe.
3: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having us. And happy
1: birthday. Yay. Thank you. You guys, Roses and Thorns today is brought to you by one of our main, main roses of our last discovery round. In
0: the world of CBD and THC, we've talked about this here on the show We've talked about it on our Instagrams. And our friends over at Root of It they all, heard us. they heard us and they they're like, us. we want to partner with you. Yep. And we're so excited to call them part of the TSR family because Stephanie and I both use this insanely intelligent and insanely high quality CBD, THC, tincture brand We are talking every day.
1: about the root of it all. The root of it all is an Ayurveda-inspired line of cannabis-infused essential oils and topicals formulated for a range of needs to keep you balanced. And it is like everything. So as you guys know, we talked about Ayurvedic medicine in the past, and you know that there's different doshas, which is basically like your constitution. There's the vata, the pitta, the kapha, and there. Are you air? Are you earth? Are you fire? What do you need to keep yourself centered and grounded as far as herbs and food is concerned? So
0: we're in vata season Mm -hmm. currently. Mm -hmm. And... The Root of It All recommends products that relieve stress, relax the body and mind, and induce sleep all night long during this time.
1: So for that, I love a few of their products. I love Ease, Unwind, and Stop. We were talking earlier, and you said, you like, to combine the Ease and the Unwind. Because one is for more of, like, a pain relief anti-inflammatory, and that one has lemongrass, bergamot, and ylang-ylang in it. And then the Sleep one is chamomile, lavender, and valerian. It's so good, it's such a great way to end your night and wind down and just like relieve your stresses of your mind if you're watching TV, if you're reading a book, if you're taking a bath. Whatever you're doing, this stuff is a great aid. And it is available online at all dispensaries in California, Colorado, and Washington. And you can follow them at theroot.ca on Instagram for brand updates and Ayurvedic tips. And you guys, here is a gift and a delivery. The root of it all is going to change your life.
0: Guys, this is the real deal. It's high quality. It's so delicious. And it's so thoughtful how they're really blending our two favorite things, cannabis, in Ayurvedic practice.
1: <laughs> oh, those are favorite <laughs> things. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so go over to theroot.ca on Instagram and just give them a follow. Tell them we sent you. And
0: if you're at a dispensary and you see them, it has the That's So Retrograde stamp. stamp. All right, now play that jingle. for R&T. Yeah, you know me.
1: What do you Is it okay today? if we sing that, even though it's not licensed? Because yes. it's like, it's just us talking? Absolutely. Mm, interesting. That's how it works. Interesting. What do I have today? Well, I'm a new woman. I've dyed my hair.
0: It looks wonderful. You really like I it? I really like it.
1: Thanks. I was really feeling like going darker, but then I had like hesitations because mm-hmm. as a blonde person, it can be spooky to cross over. Yeah. (laughs) But I had a vision and I followed my vision and I feel like it's my winter Falcons vibe. Yeah. I'm actually thinking
0: about doing a cut, like a mage cut. Yeah. I thought you were already doing that. I I thought we talked about this. I am, but here's something really interesting that I found out Okay. in the process of ruminating over the haircut. Mm -hmm. Have you guys heard of how the Farmer's Almanac has grow days that encourage hair growth so there's best days to cut your hair to encourage growth no joke so a friend of mine told me about this and then I was like my brain
1: is exploding out of my head yeah so
0: it's a real thing I googled it
1: okay and
0: the best days to encourage hair growth are December 3rd 2019 and December 4th of 2019 (laughs) what so
1: I'm thinking of Seeing what's good with waiting until then. But I have a question. I have answers. Why do you care about encouraging growth when your goal is to cut your hair off? Because
0: it's it's a, more it's like, a good question, Steph. Good question, Steph. <laughs> Health. I think the reason why I want to cut my hair off is because I would like it to grow back healthier. I because see. Because there was a lot of heat styling involved, a lot of bleach involved. Uh-huh. And then it just it's a little... She frizzy.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, when I put this darker color in my hair, it immediately made my hair so soft. Yeah, because
0: you're adding layers to it. I know. I
1: was like, oh, this is what I wanted. That's what's up. Okay, interesting. Thought that was an interesting tidbit via the internet. I have a thorny hair-related thing, actually. Okay. Was on the market for a new blow dryer. Mm -hmm. And excuse me, world, when did blow dryers become $300?
0: See, I I have a thing about that. I think that that's the type of thing you only should buy once. If it has a great warranty, which normally they do, then it's really worth the investment.
1: Yeah, well, I asked my girl who did my hair, Mel, and she gave me the name of one, a Parlux, which is like only $120, yeah. which is like still seems like an insane amount of money, but I'll invest. It is investment. That's what they were saying. But like right? Googling it and not asking a professional, like I had no idea where to start because the price range is literally $30 to $400. So
0: I really love, and I've had it for five years. They've replaced it one time because a little mechanism on it broke. The T3 Featherweight Compact, which is their travel one, Mm -hmm. it's just as good. It's $150. So good. I got one for my mom. She's obsessed with it, and it works just as good as the bigger one, and it takes up less space. Right. And I'm like really in a taking up of less space, buying less things mode. Totally. So—
1: I just was like, I think the last time I bought a hair dryer was like. Two thousand five. You should
0: get this T3 one. I, I might get this like one it.
1: that she told me to get, this Parlox, because it has the number 3200 on it. And you know oh. I like combinations right. of threes and yeah. twos.
0: <laughs> Honestly, you can't fight the
1: numerology. That's my main thing. <laughs> I totally get that. Speaking of numerology, yeah. my rose, I wanted to shout out Remington Donovan, Ugh. who we are going to do a new 2020 episode with coming soon. He's been on twice talking about numerology. We had a reading. He gave me a birthday reading, which was so amazing and generous. You know, the thing about his reading that's, I think, unique and isn't typical is that they're, like, activating in this way. Like, he reads through your chart, and he reads through the cards, and then he reads through, like, what can only be described as spirit. And everyone kind of does a version of that. But with him, it's like, whenever I walk away, it's like, I feel like I have, like, a directive. And I, like, know where to put my energy in, like, a fresh way. Mm -hmm. And that's extremely unique. And it kind of confirmed the, some things I thought about this year, but it was just really, like, fortifying. Yeah. And I'm, then I never do this either because, you know, I go to The Owl and she doesn't allow recording, so I never, like, go back and listen. And I went back the other night and, like, listened and took notes from the reading, and there was just so much in there that was so helpful and just, like, so real. Yeah. That I just wanted to shout him out and thank him because it's been continuously helpful— since I left and I feel will be continuously helpful should I need to reference some of the specifics in this year of my nine year, the world's four year, lots happening, super excited.
0: <laughs> I love the excitement in your voice. Yeah. You know Remington's like my speed dial go-to yeah. guy. To- Steph and I always like form like really great relationships with a lot of the people that are on our show. And I feel like we kind of like have this Avengers squad mm-hmm. of humans that mm-hmm. we're so lucky to connect with. And- yeah. Yeah. Remington is such a gem. He's the person I tell everyone to go to if they want to treat themselves.
1: It's really special. So thank you for that. And also highly recommend if you guys are wondering where to
0: go. At mystical arts on Instagram. Yeah, My rose is great. So we talked today, obviously, about cleaning up financial stickiness and all sorts of that stuff. I actually just had a session with Christina and Stephanie before I came here because we recorded the conversation previously. And I feel very like, you know, after a therapy session, how you just like feel like you've been through an energetic shift war mm-hmm. out on the other side. Yeah. Definitely feeling that way. Oh, is
1: that who you were on the phone with? Mm-hmm. I was like, why is she telling me she just got the phone with her mama?
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Hilarious. <Carrie
1: auto-corrected. laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> well,
0: Almost. Wow. Basically. That's retrograde (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) My new financial mamas. (laughs) So, in the spirit of cleaning up things and just wanting to like be, feel organized and on top of things, which we talk about so often on the show. And I always really thought of myself as almost there. Right. Trying to get there. Yeah. I don't know. Even moving into a new place in June, I was feeling bogged down by my stuff. You know that feeling? I don't know if you have this, but I get this thing where I'm like, okay, before I do that, I have to organize my closet or I need to put away my clothes or I need to, you know, it's always like I have this relationship to my needing to organize and needing to tidy. Almost that I feel like I subconsciously leave things out and, you know, make a mess so that that's like something I can do to have control.
1: Yeah. I also feel like I do it instead of doing other stuff. Like if I'm like, I need to write today, then I'm like, but first I need to spend two hours. Exactly. And it's like, okay, now I just used all my energy on like, moving my things around my drawers mm-hmm. and I will not be writing. Yeah.
0: So, and I live there. And yeah. I, even as I get to different levels of the shui, it feels like it's always kind of grabbing me or these like sticky corners around my house that it just like feels like a junkyard.
1: Did you see, see, see this week's episode of Kardashians with Chloe like yes. scrubbing the walls? I related
0: deeply. <laughs> so... In Divine Timing, a listener of ours reached out to us. Her name is Jessica Yatrovsky. She has a consulting company called SJD, and she's a certified KonMari consultant. So I don't know if you guys
1: are... Is she an expander for you? Major.
0: (laughs) So when Marie Kondo, when her book exploded... She started offering a certification course all over the world. So I think that that's a a genius money-making idea. Yeah. Like, bring it to the streets. Totally. So Jessica and her assistant, Allie, came to my house last week. And I wasn't even going to talk about this yet because I really wanted to let it, like, ruminate and sit in and see where I was. But how easy it was for me to get ready this morning and get everything I needed to get done and get out the
1: door. Ironically, she was 45 minutes late. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But that was true.
0: you just calling me out that I'm late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just love it. I do. I'll take it. Like I felt such a different energy around it that mm. I just wanted to talk about this a little bit and like more to come. But they came in and we focused on my closet and my little laundry area and the storage unit that I fucking built so that things would be less cluttered and already was so cluttered. Mm-hmm. So it was like, Things needed just a whole new perspective. Yeah. And in the closet front, this is what I think everybody can do really easily. And obviously Marie Kondo talks about this in her book, but take everything out of the closet. Yeah. Every single thing out. And then she had me pick five to eight of my favorite pieces. She was like, if there's an Elizabeth Cott capsule collection— what would it be? You know, I love that.
1: So (laughs) Literally, her face just lit up when she said Elizabeth got capsule collection. So
0: pulling those pieces and really just that was the stuff that I love that are my go-to items. And then kind of using that as the barometer for everything else that went back into the closet, Mm -hmm. got rid of half of my things. Really? There are 33 things hanging in my closet right now. Wow. And obviously the folding methods and all of these things. And then hopefully, I don't know. I don't know how sustainable it will be. I've obviously dabbled in the method before and was never able to keep it going. But to know where everything is and to not have too much stuff with those things, it's like only the priority items. It is like a whole new experience just living my life. I love that. So, Jessica, thank you, Angel. Thank you, Allie. You guys are amazing. You can check them out. They're at Spark Joy Dwell. She's based in New York. She was here for, in L.A. for a little bit. But I don't really know where we're landing with it, but I'm just feeling the shift in such a major way. So, I'm going to be on roses, the edge of my seat with this. I'm sure everyone is. Yeah.
1: Roses upon roses with that. That's all I got. You know, it's funny you're saying that because today— I- was like, I haven't worn this gray sweater in my hallway closet for a while. And I put it on and I had like an insane allergy attack because my hallway closet Mm. is like not really something that I like dabble in too often because it's like sweaters and jackets and dresses and stuff that like aren't everyday clothes. And there's so much dust in there. I had like an hour long, like, this is why I kind of sound like this because I was like sneezing and like stripping. And I was like, this hallway closet needs that.
0: Needs a molecule.
1: I mean, I need a molecule. Mm
0: -hmm. You guys guys got a code for us? Partners
1: Mm -hmm. out here? (laughs) Um, Okay, well, this was really fun.
0: Tidying up our money, tidying up our spaces, tidying up our souls. December 3rd, we have event with Orly again. We will be having Aura Picks by Mikey Dimitrovich. Acupuncture by Botanarchy, a ton of other really fun surprises. It's a free event. You can sign up for that on That's so retrograde.com. Please RSVP
1: so we know how many to expect. The Serbian who ghosted me told me it's Domitrovic. Oh. So, okay. we learned something from that. Great. <laughs> yeah. Good to know.
0: And uh, again, you can check us out at So Retrograde on Instagram. Please feel free to leave us a review and rating on iTunes. We'd appreciate that so much. We love to hear
1: from you. Yeah, that's the show. Namaste listening, Franz. Yes, that's So Retrograde.